we are on the brink of a mental health crisis. And this is why I am so appreciative of the folks over at BetterHelp. They provide the largest online counseling platform worldwide. They change the way people get help with facing life's challenges by providing convenient, discreet, and affordable access to licensed therapists. BetterHelp makes professional counseling available anytime, anywhere, through a computer, tablet, or smartphone. Sign up today. Go to BetterHelp.com and use the promo code Solving Healthcare and get 10% off sign-up fees. COVID has affected us all, and with all the negativity surrounding it, it's often hard to find the positive. One of the blessings it has given us is the opportunity to build an avenue for creating change, starting right here in our community. Discussing topics that affect us most, such as racism in healthcare, maintaining a positive mindset, creating change, the importance of advocacy, and the many lessons we have all learned from COVID. If you or your organization are interested in speaking engagements, send a message to quadcast99 at gmail.com, reach out on Facebook at Quadcast, or online at drquadjo.ca. Welcome to Solving Healthcare. I'm Quadjo Caramante. I'm an ICU and palliative care physician here in Ottawa and the founder of Resource Optimization Network. We are on a mission to transform healthcare in Canada. I'm going to talk with physicians, nurses, administrators, patients, and their families because inefficiencies, overwork, and overcrowding affects us all. I believe it's time for a better healthcare system that's more cost-effective, dignified, and just for everyone involved. Qualcast Nation, welcome back. We have a spectacular episode. I'm just, I'm just telling you right now, it's in my top five for sure. This episode we did with Megan Telpner, it just, I don't know where to even begin, just struck a chord. It was all about reconnecting with our hearts, man, and and really how do we become better decision makers? How do we come become more in tune with what's true to ourselves? How do we reduce stress, approach life with a more of a compassionate, loving lens. And it all sounds like woohoo a little bit, but coming out of this pandemic, it's exactly what we need. And I, I just, I, it was one of those episodes that just, she just struck a chord in terms of, you know, the needs of, of, of our public and our kids and what, what we need to do moving forward to try and be more connected, more loving, and just treating treating each other in a more loving way. Um, so, I, you know, I think you guys are going to love it. She left me even verklempt. I don't get too I don't get verklempt too often, but yeah, this episode she got me going. I must say, she she uh, she got me going. She's amazing. She's part of the Academy of Culinary Nutrition. She's really taken on the this. She has a huge interest in terms of lifestyle modifications for optimal health and really a champion of this this idea of coherence practice, which we'll dive into just on how we make better decisions and just b- build a better life for ourselves and, and those around us. So, you know what? Without further ado, let's jump on it. Megan Telpner. Podcast Nation. Oh, my gracious. We have Megan Telpner in the mix, and I'm really excited about this conversation. One, like we're just meeting now, but... Uh, we've connected on IG and, 
I'm just a big fan of her work, but the the thing that is really like eye opening for me is to talk about how we think and and Megan's approach to to some of these concepts. So without further ado, Megan, thank you for joining us on the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. I'm like a bit of a f- super fan of yours too, so this is super fun. I know we're we're both uh, we're both giddy here, which is, is <laughs> makes for a good show. Um, so I think maybe we could start with like, you were talking to me about this principle of coherence practice, which I think overlaps with a lot of content that we're trying to do more of uh, in terms of how to make better decisions. But yeah, tell me more about this coherence practice. Yes. So this is something that I don't just believe, I know is absolutely critical that it be taught to children, to adults, that it becomes part of a mainstream practice. What I love about it is that it's free and you don't need tools. You don't need a pillow. You don't need to light candles. You just need to figure out what your pathway in is. And when I say that, I mean, how do you start to control your response to external stimulation and internal thought patterns? Mm. And we do that first and foremost by focusing on our breathing. So like you would with any traditional, um, whether it's meditation or nervous system calming practice to get you into parasympathetic, but it's really about focusing and slowing that breathing and the coherence practice that I teach, and this is through the HeartMath Institute, is one that brings us into connection with our heart and the heart-centered emotions of gratitude, compassion, kindness, love, care. And what happens when we can do that is that we create an inner harmony and it's not just a harmony like you know, we hold hands and chant together. This is a harmony that affects the respiratory system, the circulatory system, the hormonal system, the entire nervous system, and ultimately brings our thinking mind and turns it back on. Hmm. So where most often in our modern day life, we are operating in that fear response, in that uh, fight or flight, that stress, that instantaneous reactiveness. And that's where we get a lot of aggressive reaction. And so when you can tune into that place from your heart, that heart intelligence, that coherent state, and even the word coherent versus incoherent tells us what it is. We move into that front part of our brain where we're able to operate from a solution-driven place. We can turn on problem-solving skills, critical thinking skills. We can start to assess and analyze information that's coming in. And instead of reacting constantly, we begin, we begin responding and determining, you know, what is something that is appropriate for me to know or do or make a decision on and what is not appropriate for me to know or do or react to so aggressively. I, I, I sorry to cut you off, but I, this gets me so excited because you see it every day, that lack of like the emotion driving decisions or emotion does, uh, driving reactions. And so if we have a tool or a way or a guide to look within and take that second to ask ourselves how we actually what's the optimal way of addressing this issue or concern because you know ultimately that's what we want that's what we need we want the best solution 
forward. Because, I mean, when we do make uh, so many decisions from a place of whether it's fear or emotion or uh, or anger, rarely are we making our optimal choice. Right. Exactly. And it's one of those things like you can do it. And we've obviously seen a lot of this happening in the last three years. And the question you ask yourself is, is this working? Like, is that way of operating working for me? Is that bringing me closer to my goals professionally, emotionally, with relationships, with finances, with with anything? Or is it moving me further away? And when you start to recognize like, wait a second, this is continually moving me away. It's an opportunity to say, how can I change the way I operate in the world? How can I change the way I show up in my conversations, in my relationships, in my work life, online as a commenter? Like there's so many opportunities to come to things with with that idea of this is a learning opportunity. This isn't something I need to react to. This isn't something I'm being told to do. This is something that I'm giving, being given a choice on to consider and to open my mind to. And, and I, most of my work, as I mentioned before we started is with my school, the Academy of Culinary Nutrition, where I'm empowering people to understand how to build a life that's healthy for them as the individual. So how to choose the right diet, I don't even like using that word, how to choose the right foods to create the meals that make them feel good and nourish them, how to choose the right lifestyle habits that, again, bring them towards the goals of the life they want to be living. And if we're constantly outsourcing our thinking because that front part of our brain is shut down and we're like, what's the next diet trend? What's the next fad? Who's the next expert? I need to do everything they say. We're never going to be able to harness that sense of self, that part that makes us unique humans, that makes us operate in what we all need to be operating in, which is optimally well and healthy in body, in mind, emotionally, spiritually, as a community, it's all connected. Yeah. And I don't know. I mean, you alluded to this too, Megan, like, I feel like we are so far removed from that right now. Like, you know, it's, you know, I, I saw it throughout this the pandemic in general when it came to, you know, making decisions from a place of fear. Like I, I feel people are less in tuned with what is like who they are and and what works for them than ever before. And, you know, we've been more more on our screens than we've ever been, uh, due to, you know, these circumstances. So I don't know, man. Like when we started talking about this, I was like, people need this people need coherence practice what's happened is that and you know this too every like people are just so overwhelmed we've been Mm. overwhelmed with an inundation of information and now on our phones we're outsourcing our thinking we're outsourcing we don't even pay attention to how we feel anymore we have like you know, wearable data things that connect to our phones (laughs) that tell us in the morning, like if we're ready to work out or not. I'm like, I wake up in the morning. I know if I'm supposed to work out or not by how I feel in my body. I know when I eat, when I'm done eating, because I can feel it in my body. I know if I'm not getting enough sleep. I know if I'm feeling stressed. And then it's an opportunity to say, what can I do? The challenge is that we're not, I don't think we're collecting the right tools. We're connecting, collecting a whole bunch of apps on our phones, we're collecting followers, we're following other people, but, and and we keep looking outside for this progress that gets us to a place of feeling 
somehow fulfilled and happy and well, but it's all, it's, it's inside. It's always been inside. And so we've kind of halted our internal progress and you commented on, you know, health and what health is. And I think what we're seeing happening when you talk about this disconnection from it is that we're now trying to negotiate, I don't know, with ourselves, with the media. I don't know. We're trying to negotiate what health is and you can't negotiate. Health doesn't change. You you can't, there's no markers that change the definition of what health is. And the more we try and negotiate that with our apps and with our calorie counting or whatever trend we're following, the more disconnected we become from embodying health mm. in ourselves. Yeah, I, I like I like the, the idea too, Megan, of like, we know what the answer. It's like empowering people again to say, look within. Because I, I often give this example, well, even when I'm, this might sound like it's coming out of left field, but when I'm teaching the trainees about, you know, when you're, you're dealing with uh, acute, like critically ill patients and you're, you're, you, the, the trainees are managing the, the patients, I'm like, you have it in you. Sometimes, you like, I know there's a lot of stuff ha- happening, but sometimes you just have to, like, take that breath and and just take that moment and you have that all the basic training, you can do this. Like you have it within you, and often you know because you 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 know you're late twenties, early thirties, um, looking for external you know, ways of validating you know what what you think is right. But quite often you it's it's there. You can deal with it. You can, the solution is here. I'm pointing to my yeah. chest. Um, and I, we have totally totally gone away from that and uh so i think when a lot of people are hearing this they'll, they're, it's gonna hopefully enlighten or like reinvigorate this kind of approach to say hey i i don't need to get i don't need to follow xyz on insta you know what i mean i just need to ha- take that moment to to look within and th- the other thing i was gonna say megan before i forget was you know a lot of people, you know, they look for their apps and all that stuff for their answers. I think one of the things that people forget to do is, as you said, breathe, take a second, right? Like right. I think what the whole, you look at people's days, look at their calendars, whatever, it's hustle, hustle, hustle. You know what I mean? No one's taking a breath. Literally. Right. Here's what, yes. And here's what's so powerful. And in the position you're in, you have to start doing this too, because- yes. The, the power of this coherence, and I'll go into detail on, on what the practice is, because it's not rocket science. It's not complicated. But if you go out in the world in a coherent state, and the more you practice, it's like it, the, the, the result is greater than the sum of its parts. If you practice five minutes a day, 10 minutes a day, it's not just five plus five is 10. It's like five plus five plus five is a thousand. It gains momentum in power. And what happens with this practice is if you go out in the world in a coherent state, and that's your frequency, that's your energy, that's your vibe. You know when someone enters a room, and we're not going woo-woo, but you know when someone enters a room, you you feel either attracted to them or detracted. You feel like they're a magnetic person you want to be around or you want to move away as much as possible. So when you go out in a coherent state, you're in a magnetic state. People want to be around you, but also your frequency that you're operating on impacts those around you 
they move into a more coherent state just because you are. So this is powerful in intense medical settings. It's also powerful with children around a dinner table or at the end of the day when everyone is tired and you know that, you know, that, you know, one child has, has, is in their mood and then it can ignite and it's almost like a contagion. Well, it is a contagion, but so is coherence. So if there's nothing to to absorb that aggression and then reflect it back, it, it dies. Mm. If someone comes at you aggressively and you respond with genuine compassion and kindness, there's no com- combative thing that results. It's just it de-escalates and everyone calms down. And it's it's hard. Like I just have one five-year-old. And it's a everyday practice when I get him from school and he's tired and he's run wild and he's been kind of keeping it together all day. But that's that's where the practice is. Oh, I mean, I I just feel like we. What you said, there is so true, like we we just had a we had a, a speaker come to us to talk about wellness and one of the points they made is exactly that like when if we prime ourselves to come in with a positive energy uh that that mindset of wanting to lift others for example how much that can carry you know you know and and i think this is something we could all use a reminder of like yeah so in, in my setting it's a, it's important but everywhere like we we just came out of the most ridiculous time on like if you think about what's just happened for the last three years it's crazy it's absolutely crazy and you know we we haven't really talked about we haven't had a debrief we haven't talked about how we're going to lift ourselves out of this and uh and maybe this is a little something you know the hearing this like a little something that can can carry so much weight so here's, I'll tell you a little, a little backstory. I have been practicing this for about eight years. My husband had gone to a functional medicine conference in the States and came back with this little tool to like track our coherence. And it became like a contest between my husband and I, like we would do this practice, to see like who could get a higher score. It's ridiculous. Um, but it worked. It got us practicing. And then around December, 2020, I was, I was like, how am I going to keep functioning in this? Like, this is crazy what's happening and the dissonance happening and people just operating from, from the reptilian brain constantly. Mm. And we're moving back as humans and as communities and as societies. And it was like, it dropped into my inbox, this facilitator training with the HeartMath Institute. It was like $99. And the only, the only requirement was that you then teach it for free after I'm like, okay, whatever. So I took the training and I was like, well, now what do I do with this? Like I'm, I now have the language to teach it, but what do I do with it? And one year later, when a lot of people in my circle were, you know, being basically excommunicated from their families, from family holidays, from travel, from all of these things, I was like, I will just start offering free sessions once a week everyone's invited and see what happens. And, and it, it, the, the idea was to have a safe place for people to come, to feel good together, to ask their questions, to have a dialogue that was not in an inflammatory space, that was not 
it was just to ask questions and and find our way through as humans. And so it started with 30 people. Two and a half months later, we had 300 people showing up at 12 p.m. on a Wednesday to do a heart coherence together. And that's when I was like, okay, I guess this was needed. And the idea was that I realized I could not um, support people with facts. I couldn't reduce people's fear with facts or with evidence or with studies that wasn't working. And it was just increasing the name calling and the anger I was receiving. So I'm like, well, what if I can actually help people turn their, their brains back on like tune back into what they know to be true in their heart, in their mind, in the cells of their body. And that was the result. And obviously people needed it. And, and that was the thinking was that, like you said, this is what's needed in the world. Like we need a way, an easy way to tune back into what we all know to be true. Mm. And so this is what came to me as a service. Wow. And what a service, Megan. I, I just, I know I keep maybe sounding repetitive, but it's just cause it's, it's just so, it was just so needed. I just, I, I can't emphasize, like when you see those, Still to this day, these parents that are so scared to, to let their kids be kids again and, you know, trying to navigate through all that information that, you know, as you said, this, all the, the trying to, whether it's mainstream media, social media, trying to navigate through all that, the COVID information, you know, it's like people really had their, as you said, the reptilian brain lit up. And um, I got to tell you, the, you know, one of the, the things that, I, one of the values that I really want to instill in my children too, is that like, I want, I want you guys to be able to critically think. I want you to guys to be able to navigate this world with that skill set because that is what leads to growth and, and, and to, for lack of a better word, awesomeness. You need to be able to have that skill. So like, I, I guess once again, just hearing, you know, how, how you've been able to, to create that for people is it just, I don't know. It just means a lot. Cause it's, it, like I said, it's such an important, important skill. Yeah. And when we, I mean, the, the, a, a critical part of instilling that in our children is they have to feel safe mm. and they will feel the safest when their parents, their guardians, the people they you know, feel, feel uh, protected by or should feel protected by are in a state of calm. Mm. So as long as we're calm and supportive, then they are in a safe place to be in that creative flow, which is where critical thinking happens, where solution oriented thinking and problem solving happens. If we're constantly in a state of stress, they're going into a protective mode being like, I don't know, is my mummy going to yell at me or snap at me? Or am I doing something wrong all the time? Mm. So, so our state of calm is one of the primary ways to instill that. And that goes for the teachers that are children around all day or anyone who's, you know, someone they look up to who, you know, teaches anything they're learning, whether it's swim lessons or whatever, piano, that has to be a place where they feel calm and safe so that they can explore that, that part of their minds. Yeah. That safety element, uh, I can't be understated. Like I, I, I think that was probably one of the reasons in the pandemic that really got to me was that it wasn't safe to talk about 
you know, concerns or maybe even some solutions that maybe, you know, against the narrative, but that that's a really, I, I think a key point, like as we talk about this is, you know, how do we create, ensure that, or that sentiment, a safety for whether it is our kids, whether it's our trainees, whatever environment it may be, is that that seems to, in my mind, has to be a key principle. Yeah. 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 Amazing. So, oh, sorry, Ali, you were going to say something. I was going to share the practice with you, but yeah, that, another question. Look, Go for no, it. that was exactly where I was going to dive <laughs> into. Just what, like, fellow podcasters jump on the train. But yeah, no, that was exactly uh, what I was going to ask you. So, what okay. does the practice look like? The practice is, and you can do this optimally sitting, lying down if you won't fall asleep, but if you can do it sitting at your desk. So, for those listening who work at a desk, every day. The first thing you usually do when you sit down in the morning is probably like check your social media or check your email. Don't do that. Do this instead for five to 10 minutes and it will transform how you go into your day. If that's not your your way, if you can do this first thing in the morning and no one should be having their phones next to their bed. So if you do leave your phone in your kitchen and so instead of scrolling your phone for the first five or 10 minutes of the day, you're going to do this. And if you have no other time, then it, you're doing it at the end of the day, five to 10 minutes. And you start by just regulating your breathing optimally through your nose. You're breathing in slowly through your nose and out through your nose. And I'll often do to a count of four, a count of five. As you're doing it for yourself, see how you can pace it out and lengthen your breaths. If you have a healthy, strong lung capacity, try and hold it in for the same count and hold out the exhale for the same count. So you can end up with what we call a box breathing. So four seconds in, four seconds hold, four seconds out, four seconds hold, four seconds in again. So you do that a few times. And what? And if you just do that five times, that box breath, you have already changed your biochemistry You've already moved more into parasympathetic. You've moved more into that front part, that critical thinking part of your brain. And then what I want you to do is you start to envision that breath, not coming in through your nose, but through your heart center. So you actually envision that breath coming into your heart and you exhale it through your heart. And so you envision the middle of your chest opening. And often I'll, I'll refer to this as like the Care Bear stare, you know, when the Care Bears are like blowing hearts out their bellies. Exactly. So you're going to inhale through your heart and you exhale through your heart and you keep doing that. Inhale and exhale. And when you feel ready, what you do is you start to embody those heart centered emotions of care, gratitude, appreciation, compassion, and love for yourself. So sometimes if someone needs a visual, you might envision a warm hug from the person you love most in the world. It might be that feeling at the end of the day, getting into your bed, being like, my work here is done today. My day has been full. I am fully supported. I am warm. I am comfortable. It might just be if you need thinking of the qualities about yourself that are beautiful and special and unique. So you are embodying these feelings of the heart-centered emotions, love, care, gratitude, appreciation, compassion. And then if you want to take it a step further, you radiate that out. This is where the Care Bear Stare really comes in. So you could think of a person in your home, a person in your workplace, 
a community or group you're part of. It could be the people around the table. It could be every human on the planet. And you just radiate this care and love and gratitude and appreciation outwards. And it has a profound impact. And with the HeartMath Institute, there is tons of research, wild research. And they actually have an app. We're like dissing the apps, but they do have an app called the Global Coherence app uh, where you can plug in and see where people are practicing around the world. And you can contribute to what they call the global coherence score. And the idea is that the more people you have around the world consciously practicing this, it raises the coherence of everyone else. It elevates the frequency in which the human race operates on. And it's not, and it's not just, I said humans, it's not just humans. They're actually now testing trees and plants, but also animals. And they have wild research around the coherence you have with your pet. They have research on the coherence, the the heart rhythm patterns of uh, a couple as they sleep beside each other, what happens of a mother and, and her baby as they're, as she's breastfeeding the baby, how they go into coherence together. Um, there's research around if you have four people around a table and three are practicing, the coherence score of that fourth person becomes elevated. So the the value is just so much greater than the sum of me doing it and you doing it, you and I doing it in separate places, elevates and, and culminates in something greater. And this technique, and again, I didn't invent it. I didn't discover it. Um, Bruce Lipton has been teaching similarly for years. Joe Dispenza has been teaching similarly for years. Greg Braden. There's these experts out there running these workshops using elements of this. Sometimes their workshops are the source of the research. But I do believe that this type of, I don't want to call it medicine, but this type of self-healing that we all have the capacity for is part of the future of medicine because no treatment works if a body is out of coherence. If a body can come into it, trusting the process and in a state of coherence that that heart led state, which is the state of healing, any intervention will work that much better than if you're in the parasympathetic fight or flight, hopped up on adrenaline and cortisol and, and all of that infl- in, internal inflammatory response. And I think with, I don't think, I know <laughs> with the overwhelm we're all experiencing with so much technology and so much information and the radiation from all these devices and all this stuff that is unprecedented in the human experience, we need these tools that are ancient as, as ever. Like this goes back to, you know, the heart being the center of intelligence instead of the brain. This is part of the future of, of the thriving of humanity, of where this is all going. I don't know if I'm sleep deprived or some shit, but I, I get a little bit clamped here in this because it's, it's what's lacking right now. Like you, you see it every day. You see it that that lack of uh the lack of heart yeah the compassion the the um 
all those heartfelt emotions is not it's not as present as as it should be you know and i i i don't know i i, I guess i'm getting a little bit clear because it's it's just such a such a beautiful image of i can't believe i'm getting emotional <laughs> That, you know what though that's what happens like yeah i don't know I, yeah it's because it's a truth that reaches you on a cellular level like it goes beyond rational thought and logic it's 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 human to human which you know there's no time and space with that it's just how humans connect and how we move forward as a global community yeah and you know you look at but you look at what we do while we do, we why we do what we do what we got into medicine why you got into the field of helping others it, it it's it's came from those heartfelt emotions and I, I could say personally too like you know putting ourselves out there like a, you know it's maybe that's what i'm thinking about too like you know um doing the advocacy that we've been doing try, trying to like advocate for balance is because without these things like when we were seeing so much fear-based messaging fear-based uh talk like this we just get further away from this and and right now we need to emphasize this we need to emphasize love compassion caring like be selfless now i like I see it every day. I see it at work. I see it, you know, how much people just need to be acknowledged, feel like feel undervalued and like I don't know. I, I guess this is just really hit me as saying as like it's left me motivated to do more of this, to 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 have a more of an open heart, to to really inspire others to do the same and I, I know I'm I'm rambling is because I'm emotional and so um but I I'm just really blown away at this and and I like the idea of doing this at like it's it's it, it empowers people to do like people can do this at home they could do this you, you know, can do this someone. sitting in your car you can do this standing in line at the grocery store and like if you consider yourself and again like we're going to go hippie for a moment, but if you consider yourself like this beacon of love for lack of a better word, like human love emotion, like that is the most magical part of the human experience. And, it's, and we're not leading from the heart. We're not leading from the heart in business. We're not leading from the heart in medicine. We're not leading from the heart in our day-to-day interactions. And what is it that's stopping us from doing that? No one wants, no, like no one denies love from someone. No one, no one pushes that away. I mean, they might, cause they don't know what to do with it. Cause it's can seem so foreign and so suspect because that's not the way we've come to be trained to operate in the world. But I mean, we could start with our children. How do we train our children to operate from a place from their hearts and from a place of love. And we do that by modeling it Mm. as best we can and being mindful of what we talk about in front of them and how we talk and how we talk in the language we choose. And it's all just these 
small and simple conscious choices moment by moment that become our new way of operating and our new way of seeing the world. And what's so incredible is, and I, you know, you, you mentioned what happens when you advocate for things outside the narrative on social media. And I too have had my share of people who did not agree with me in (laughs) very mean ways you might call it, but I can also see that that has nothing to do with me. And like I, on my own work, I've been talking about, you know, Nutella and crappy vitamins and all these things that seem so useless. And people have aggressive reactions about, you know, their hazelnut chocolate spread too. And, and what I, what I've come to know is that it's not you, it's not me. That's their own thing. And something has resonated and they don't know what to do with it yet. And that's okay. That's part of that opening up process. And all we can do is have compassion for the journey that everyone else is on. And I just have faith in, in what's been really incredible is that having done this for a while and having taught this for a while, um, your experience of life transforms too. The more loving you are, the more heart-led you are in how you operate your family and your business and your interactions, it's not just like the law of attraction and and it's like you actually do see the world differently because you're looking at it through a different set of eyes. You're filtering information through different parts of your brain and through your heart. And, and then the interactions you have actually do change Mm. where you strike up a conversation with random people in random places. And they're the most beautiful moment of your day that Mm. wouldn't have happened if you'd been closed off on your phone or, or whatever it is, or, or been judging someone based on false pretense. Mm. So this might be a bit on the technical side, but so on a daily basis, I'm, I'm Megan. Okay. I'm, I'm went in line for coffee and the person in front of me is, you know, it's been a long late wait and they are taking too long to make a decision over their frappy map, mochaccino delight, pumpkin spice mixture, tea, whatever. Like, so like, I'll, I'll tell you for myself in that moment, I'm like, I'm running through my head, like, how am I not going to scream and like maybe even take off my shirt? I won't do it. Like, I won't take off my shirt, but I'm like, I want to take off my shirt to display my rage. But what are you in that moment telling yourself or doing? Are you going into practice, like taking a couple of deep breaths or or because you've done the work beforehand? What, what are you doing in that moment? Well, I make my coffee at home, so that saves the trouble. (laughs) (laughs) I don't drink coffee, but, um, well, yeah, well, yeah. So like, don't go to coffee places that make those kinds of garbage drinks, first of all. And no, I I think that, that there, that is an opportunity to practice. So if you, if you're sitting there and you're like, this is taking five minutes, like what's the reality? How much longer is it really taking? Five minutes? It's not going to be more than five minutes. 10 minutes? Maybe. So maybe if you are feeling that and you're like, 
I'm going to be late. That's your opportunity to leave the line. But if you actually have that five to 10 minutes to spare, which most people do, if you look at how much time you spend on your phone a day, which is for most people, two to four hours, that's a perfect opportunity to fit in your coherence practice. Mm. You have five minutes. You just, you breathe, you embody compassion and love. And you think, how fortunate am I that I can be in this coffee shop and it smells so nice in here. And look at all these people sitting here. They're getting to do their work. They're drinking a nice warm beverage. No one should order pumpkin spice. It's disgusting. But Amen. <laughs> F- pumpkin spice. And you, y'all, whoever marketed that shit, you've taken it too far. Okay. You put it into cookies, toilet paper. You freaking put it everywhere. You know what I'm saying? I'm uh, eating into meats. I've seen some pumpkin, like pumpkin spice. Uh pork chops or bacon or some shit stop it it starts now thank you sorry thank I, you i'm not doing my korean practice right now but i just uh, i had to get that well, off my pumpkin chest. spice deserves all the rage so you heard it here first actually it's not the first time um but yes but, thank you for that but yeah so it's an opportunity for that practice and what you will start to find and this is the remarkable thing and we can call it coincidences. We can call it serendipity. You can call it miracles. I don't care what name you want to give to it, but little moments of magic, which is the word I give to it, start to happen where you're practicing coherence in this coffee shop, waiting in line. And instead of getting frustrated, what happens? Someone you have been thinking about and haven't seen in years walks in the door and you now have an opportunity to reconnect with somebody or you're thinking, you you practice coherence and then you look over and they've got like a you know give and take bookshelf and you're like there's a book like that's the book i need to read right now and like those types of little winks from the universe start to happen more and more frequently to a point where you cannot deny it you can't be like oh that's just another coincidence mm. they become so profoundly common on a daily basis that you begin to just have have kind of trust in the flow of your day being like, for whatever reason, maybe I'm here because I was going to go out there and get hit by a car, my bicycle, and this is saving me right now. Mm. So, I mean, there's lots of games you can play in your mind to make it all positive and wonderful, but why not do that instead of being like, Oh, I'm going to be late for this. And this is going to happen. This is going to happen. You know, if you consider that we're like these little beings on this massive planet and this massive universe, we're just, flowing with it and we get to choose the experience we have in every moment so choose wisely so uh, making throwing down wisdom and knowledge folks I, I i love i love it um i'm wondering too just because i you know i often think of my colleagues and the amount of burnout that is happening within healthcare how do you see this this might be an obvious question how do you see this improving burnout or reducing uh, or improving well-being. Right. So mostly with burnout, you'd be like, you need a vacation, right? Like that's sort of the go-to, but that's not always possible. And that's also not always the answer because then to go on vacation, you have to somehow escape from your life and then you have to re-enter your life, but you haven't changed any of the patterns that contributed to the burnout. This is a what I would call a deeply restorative practice. So to to resolve burnout from what I would consider a root cause, which is probably poor nutrition, adrenal fatigue, running low on vital nutrients, 
you have to build up those stores in the body. And what's less easy to do is building up stores in the nervous system, like rebuilding what's been like on high alert and firing consistently for two and a half years, three years, 10 years, however long anyone's been working in your field specifically. Like, I don't think it stops once you enter medical school. So this is deeply restorative in terms of being restful. It's switching your mind into a resting state while you're doing it. It's restoring your, your, the harmony within the functioning of your body. So in some cases it could be more restful than sleep because it's a conscious heal. You're going into a conscious healing state where the body can actually build and repair and recover. You know, there's studies about acupuncture and I'm personally an advocate of acupuncture. I've had tremendous success. However, there are studies that show incredible success with what they call sham acupuncture, which is not even really putting the needles in, but you're still going into that deeply restorative state. That is where the body heals and repairs most uh, acutely. So if we're talking about burnout, if you do this practice for five minutes in the morning, five minutes at the end of the day, if you can do 10 minutes twice a day, 20 minutes twice a day, that cumulative benefit, subtle, which is the hard part because we like to have those like immediate aggressive responses from, from, you know, whether it's popping the pill or you go for the run and you get the endorphins or these things that actually might be more depleting in that moment. So it's subtle. But ultimately, what you're doing is building up that resilience. You're building up that resilience in your nervous system response and in your body to the point where you might find that you wake up one day suddenly being like, oh, huh, I feel different. I don't have that knot in the pit of my stomach. My shoulders aren't being worn as earrings today. <laughs> I had a deeper sleep than I've had in a long time. Like what, you know? So it's, it's tuning into those very subtle changes. And that's the challenge is that you have to be disciplined enough to keep doing this, even when you don't get like an immediate, it, it's not, it's not like the immediacy you get when you like jump in a cold plunge where you suddenly have no choice, but to be fully present. And then you have these endorphins and you feel exhilarated, which is equally beneficial to some people at some points, but that's how this works. It's, it's these subtle shifts until you realize that you're operating differently. We we take for granted the fact that anxiety attacks and panic attacks are normal. Like it's just some people get them. Almost everyone may have one at some point. Some people have them more chronically. So what is that? That's a wiring in the brain that you have the certain level of stimulation coming externally or internally and cycling thoughts that you get to a point where you can't handle it. You can't calm yourself down and you almost go into a full freeze mode, fight, flight, freeze, collapse. But why can't we wire the brain to respond in more joyful ways more often that you are so you become so tuned into this feeling of joy and happiness and love and gratitude and appreciation and fulfillment that that is the dominant feeling you have. And it's just a matter of doing the work consistently until you wake up in the morning and feel like I feel ridiculously happy. And it's not tied to like new shoes that I got or some trip I'm going on or some big event. It's just life is good. This is good. And that's about how you wire your brain. And if you're constantly scrolling, you know, doom scrolling for like that 
thing to trigger you or checking in on the news or constantly having the combative conversations with the same people all the time, you're, you're further wiring the programming of anxiety and fear and panic. And we, if we can discipline ourselves to stop taking in violence and aggression by choice, which we do every time we turn on the news or every time we watch that, you know, binge watch that series that we're streaming, that's inundating our nervous system with more anxiety and more fear. And so we, we turn the tables on that and, you know, mind our media, be mindful of who we surround ourselves with when we get to choose. We don't always get to choose, but often we do. And you look for the, the, the media you take in and the people you surround yourself with that spiral you up, that you leave those interactions with new ideas, feeling invigorated, feeling well, feeling excited, like that transforms everything. And then you throw this practice in, you're, you're good. Wow. I, I, I'm speechless. I, I, I think the other factor when it comes to this making is often when it comes to any change or especially when it comes to health and wellness, you always, I always try to be, look at, you know, what's going to, what's the, the simplest way to give you the biggest bang for your buck. And I don't know if five minutes of a five minute practice such as this can give 80. I can't imagine something that gives more bang for your buck than this. Like, you know what I mean? Like really when you look at how you're going to view the world, how your energy, your overall well being your ability to think properly. Sorry, properly is a bad word. Critically, you know what I'm saying? We can call it properly. Yeah, I'll call it properly because it as is. As soon proper. as you're thinking, as soon as you turn thinking on, you're thinking. Yeah. But you know, I don't agree with you, but you're thinking. Yeah. And that's what matters. Man, this is this is gold. I, you know, I I'm gonna. I know I shouldn't be maybe asking you this on air. But uh, you you definitely have to give a talk to our social or uh, solving wellness community for sure about this, because uh, I could see so many healthcare providers having a similar reaction that I just had. I, can't, I still can't believe I got all verklempt on this bad boy. This does not have to make it. You should, you should. I think out of 200 episodes, this has happened, I think, twice. Um, and uh, so, yeah, this is uh, really hit. It's hit something, Megan. And I think uh, what it will, I, I just kind of give you a compliment. I just want to give you a compliment because the work that you're doing, I've clearly told you that people need this right now, but it, it really can. Maybe, you know what it is, too? It's giving me hope is what it is. It's giving me hope that we can have a better world here. We can have a better environment for our kids. Like, I think that's what, I think that's, if I, if I take a second, that's why it's hitting home because it's hard to see hope sometimes. It's hard to see how we get out of this with, you know, the social media pressures aren't going down. If, if anything, they're going up. Like we, we, we know screens are bad for our kids and, and along in the, uh, for long periods of time, but then we told our kids, you have to be on screens for, uh, for the whole day here. And it's like, you know, like there's a lot of uh, things to overcome, but this, this to me, this has left me feeling super hopeful. So I'm like, I don't, I'm grateful for this conversation, Megan. I, I really am grateful. And uh, I, I, I 
like wholeheartedly grateful. Like this has been amazing. Thank you. I hear that. Thank you. And here's what I'm going to say back. When you start practicing and as you start embodying what we've talked about, you don't just have hope that there is a future world that can be better. You start to experience that it's already here. Mm. It's already all around us. And yes, there are horrible things happening. And yes, there is suffering. And all of that has always been. But at the same time, there is a rise of something new that has a collective feeling of unity and of love. And I think that is what is rising from the ashes. And the more people that are aware of the capacity they have to be part of this new world, the bigger and wider it it becomes, Mm -hmm. the more that becomes the reality that people live in day to day. Yeah. And I think I'm even more hopeful now because I do think as this kind of approach increases, people will, you can't help to not want to jump on the train. You're like you'd be like, well, look at Megan's approach. Why is she, why is she glowing while I'm like all constipated and shit? Like she, like I want to <laughs> have. What pill are you taking? Oh no, I'm just doing my coherence, um, my coherence practice, and uh, yeah, and I do think you're 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 right in terms of because we were coming from the ashes right now. There, there, there always has to be some goodness that comes out. Like there's new shit, new roots are going to come down and maybe this world is going to be that much more loving and, and, and more awesome. And uh, so I'm, I, I, I love it, Megan. I love it. So how do people get more of you? I want more of you. I can't like, you know, this is definitely not going to be the last time uh, Megan's making an appearance, but uh, how do we, how do people uh, learn more about you and do all things Megan? Yeah. So I actually have a free coherence class that anyone can go and sign up for that. I put up as a service and you'll find that at Megan Telpner. So my name is Megan with an H cause I got a lot of heart at <laughs> Megan Telpner. <laughs> Horrible. I know it's horrible. Um, Yeah. So megantelpner.com forward slash magic is where you'll find that free class. And I have uh, two deeper sessions. If if anyone is interested at megantelpner.com forward slash superpowers, but start with the free class and just start practicing it. You don't need a guide, but you could find them. Um, you know, you can, you can download the global coherence app and there's actually guided meditations you can do and it's free, 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 free. So that's, you know, there's nothing glamorous. There's nothing fancy about this. It's free and it's easy and it's within all of us. It's within a five-year-old to practice this, to just imagine love. And they know what that is. Children know what that is. They're like the purest embodiment of it until we ruin it with our nonsense. <laughs> so that's where you can get this. I'm on Instagram at megantelpner.com. I'm sharing some nutrition, sharing some truth stuff. And 
And my school, the Academy of Culinary Nutrition is at culinarynutrition.com. And that's where I offer a 14-week certification program in culinary nutrition, teaching people not just how to best nourish themselves, their family and clients, but how to how to effectively teach and share this in their communities so that we are all thinking well, operating from the heart and consuming the best foods we can access to nourish ourselves so that we can live a life of full potential. That's the, that's actually the next show that I think about it. I'm curious to hear some of the the nutrition side of things um, just for optimal awesomeness. Megan, thank you so much. This has meant the thank world. Thank you. Love chatting with you. Podcast Nation, tell me that wasn't fresh. Tell me that wasn't kablam blam. You know what I'm saying? Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, TikTok at Quadcast. Leave any comments at Quadcast99 at gmail.com. Yeah, yeah. Leave that five-star rating, y'all. You done it already? If you haven't, just jump on that train, dog. Spotify. Apple Podcasts. Do it. Helps with the visibility of our show. If you haven't done it already, check out solvingwellness.com where we're changing that boogie. You know what I'm saying? And, you know, after this episode, let's look at life with a bit of a, more of a lens of love. Hug your loved ones. Give them high fives. Call your mom. Call your dad. Do what you got to do. Spread the love. Right. Peace.